Come and see. Good morning, Christian America. This is a phrase that is used repeatedly in the first chapter of the gospel according to John. It is a response that Jesus gives the first disciples when they ask him who he is, when they ask him what he's doing. His response is that they should come and see. And what they see is the Messiah, the word made flesh, which dwelt among us. What they see is eternal life. Let's get into the word of God today in the first chapter of John's gospel and hopes that we too will come and see what the Lord has in store for us. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. If you support that mission, we don't ask for donations. We ask for participation. Participate in the community by following and subscribing to this podcast, to this YouTube channel, to this Rumble channel, wherever it is that you're listening or watching uh, this just subscribe to it, share it with your friends. You can go to ChristianAmericanTees.com if you want to support us that way. Pick yourself up some Christian American apparel. Show the world that you put Christ first in your life and that you love this country. Friends, today, uh, as we do on every Monday podcast, we try to come to you with some scripture. Last week, we started the gospel according to John. And John describes in that prologue in such eloquent form about the word that became flesh. The word of God that created all things in the beginning was made flesh. And that is how he starts his gospel or the, the gospel according to him. And he's recounting those early days here in this first chapter that we're going to show to you, that I'm going to read to you, and that we're going to discuss. And it's about those early days when Jesus's ministry begins. Because John, the disciple, the author, recognizes that John the Baptist is a crucial figure in laying the groundwork according to ancient scripture, according to the Old Testaments and the prophets of the Old Testaments, as being a crucial figure, that voice in the wilderness, preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah. All of these things are going to be laid out briefly in the, the second part of the first chapter. As John, the author, describes what takes place when Jesus is baptized and how those early disciples took the word of John the Baptist in order to recognize who Jesus was from the very beginning. And once they have that recognition, they are willing to leave everything behind for that expected glory of the coming of the Messiah. So I'd ask you to grab your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter number one. We're going to start at verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him and to ask him, who are you? He admitted 
and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Messiah. So they asked him, what are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you a prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? So we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. As Isaiah the prophet said, some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptized with water, but there is one, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize. The one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I'm, I said, a man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the spirit come down like a dove from the sky and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me on whomever you see the spirit come down and remain. He is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the son of God. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples, and he, as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translate, translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, who was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus, he first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which translated anointed. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated Peter. Now, the next day, he decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. And Philip was from Bethsaida, the town of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one whom Moses wrote in the law and also the prophets, Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him. Here is a true Israelite. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, I saw you under a fig tree. 
Nathanael answered, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under a fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, amen, I'm, amen, I say to you, you will see the sky opened and all the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. There's so many interesting and important parts to this passage that I just read to you. First and foremost, John the Baptist out there baptizing, admittingly not knowing who the Messiah is, admittingly not fully understanding the role in which he is playing. We know this because he doesn't understand the details and he admits that. When they ask him, are you Elijah? He says, no, I am not. But, he, but later admits that he doesn't know who the Messiah is either. And so later, or in, in other gospels, in uh, the gospel of Matthew, the go gospel of Luke, Jesus makes reference to John the Baptist as Elijah. So even John doesn't fully understand the role that he is playing. He kind of gets it, at least at that beginning part, he, he, he really doesn't understand it. And so they ask him, they litter him, they litter him with these questions, and he's saying, look, I'm just doing what I was told to do, to be this voice in the desert making straight the path for the Lord, calling people to repentance. That's what he's doing. He doesn't understand it all. And let that be a lesson to us. When God puts something on our hearts, when he tells us our mission, when he gives us clues and he gives us hints, and he does that through scripture, through our, our own reading of scripture, through our own prayer and that conversation with him, we don't always have to know everything because we won't but we must take it on faith we have to trust in his guidance and what he has put on our heart and the direction that he is pushing us and our job is to just believe and do the work that he's called us to and that's what you see with John the Baptist he admits i did not know him i did not know that he was the messiah but when I baptized him, I saw the spirit come down upon him like a dove and remain on him. And the one who called me to baptize said that the one who the spirit remains on is the Messiah. That's what he knew. And he admitted it. And so when Jesus comes and this takes place. It says the next day he was walking by again. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John recognizes it now after it's taken place, but he didn't recognize it before. And he doesn't know exactly what's going to happen in the future. His words matter. And you see with John the Baptist, as you see with Jesus, how they use wordplay as to not to get cornered into making a declarative statement for or against the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Romans a few times. And so when John references 
I'm not Elijah, but I am one, a voice in the, in the desert, making paths straight for the Lord. He references uh, the, the, the book of Malachi, right? The prophet Malachi, who says, in preparation for the coming of Messiah, of the Messiah, you will have someone, a voice crying out in the desert. And so he didn't admit that he has a part to play in here outright. He just referenced it. And so you see Jesus take that same approach with the phrase, the son of man, which refers to Old Testament teachings, but isn't declarative of I am the Messiah until that appropriate time comes. And so when John says, this is the Lamb of God, behold him, look at him, behold, look. The Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world. What is the Lamb? Historically, in the Jewish time, the Lamb is the sacrifice. The Lamb's blood goes above the doorframe so that the spirit of death passes by the Jewish people and they are saved. The Lamb is sacrificed at Passover every year. It is in uh, a recognition of God's greatness and it is a sacrifice from them to God in this historical context. Letting us know from this early stage that Jesus's blood will be spilt in sacrifice of us and what we have done in our lives. The lamb is the people trying to reconcile with God through the sacrifice of the lamb. Jesus will fulfill that because we cannot reconcile with God and our sins or the sins of the world. Only he can. And so he becomes that lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so when Andrew hears this, as he is a follower of John the Baptist, and Andrew hears these statements, he trusts in John. He's obviously been listening to him, following him, uh, watching him baptize, listening to his teachings, recognizing the honesty when John says, hey, I am not the Messiah. There is one that, has, that is greater than me because he was here before me. Now, we know that John the Baptist and Jesus are cousins because the gospel tells us that Mary and Elizabeth are cousins and that Elizabeth was already uh, pregnant further along uh, than Mary, the, son, the, the mother of Jesus, was when they come to visit. So they're cousins. They're related. John is older, but yet he still says he is greater than me because he was here before me. Again, kind of already giving that recognition as to who the Messiah is, the word from the very beginning of Genesis, now taking the, the, the form of human flesh and humanity and coming to dwell with us. And so Andrew, upon hearing this and trusting John and believing in God, recog recognizing Jesus, who he is, runs and go, goes and gets his brother. Cephas or Simon, and they come to Jesus. They follow him. Jesus recognizes. He turns around and said, what do you want? That's a strong question. When we look at the face of Jesus, when we get on our knees, when we open scripture and Jesus asks us, what do you want? They almost don't know how to answer that question. So they, they ask, they answered that question with their own question. 
where are you, where are you staying? And his response to them is to come and see. And that phrase takes on a whole new meaning. It doesn't just mean come and see where I'm sleeping. Come and see. Come and see who I am. Come and see what I can do. Come and see what the future holds for us. Come and see the greatness of the Lord. Come and see the future of humanity. Come and see the Son of God, the Messiah. And so upon seeing Simon, the son of John, Jesus recognizes who he will be. And from that point forward, he renames, renames him to Cephas. In ancient terms, it would be like Cephas, also translated into the name that we're familiar with most, which is Peter, which means rock, the rock in which I will build my church. Jesus changes Simon's name, just like God changed Abram to Abraham and Jacob to Israel. He changes Peter or he changes Simon to Peter as he changes Saul to Paul. This is a common theme throughout the Gospels, throughout Scripture. Because when you encounter the Lord and you, and you believe in him, you become a new person. You no longer become a person of the flesh. You become a person of the spirit. At least that's what you should be doing. Turning from the old man to the new man. One not of the world, but one of Christ. One of the spirit. And Jesus recognizes that in Simon, Peter, Cephas from the very beginning. And then scripture continues. It says the next day they go to Galilee. They find Philip. What does he say? He says, follow me. Philip drops everything, follows him. Then they, Philip goes and finds Nathaniel and says, hey, come, we found the Messiah. And Nathaniel doesn't believe him. Who is this? It's Joseph or the Jesus, the son of Joseph of Nazareth. Nazareth? Who Could anything good come from Nazareth? This is interesting in the fact that why would the disciple John even include that statement? In, in his testimony, other than to just be as accurate as possible. Nathaniel kind of besmirches Jesus's hometown. What good could come from Nazareth? His own ignorance. This shows his own ignorance. And the disciple John includes it in the gospel just to be you know, more accurate about it. And so when Nathaniel meets Jesus, Jesus says, ah, oh, Nathaniel, there's no duplicity in this guy. This, behold, this Israelite, right? He's a true Israelite. He's skeptical. And Nathaniel's response is, do you know me? How do you know me? And, he's, and Jesus tells him, I saw you in a fig tree, be, under a fig tree before you arrived. And then he starts to believe. And his belief, in his belief, Jesus says, do you only believe because I said that I saw you under a fig tree? Come and see. You're going to see great things much greater than this. And then he says, amen, I'm going to say to you, you will see the sky opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. 
when he calls us to come and see. Come and see the goodness of the Lord. Come and see the works of his hands. Come and see his servants worshiping and proclaiming him in unending praise. Come and see what he says, the sky opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. May we all be full of faith. May we all be willing to humble ourselves to come and see the life that God has for us. Friends, if you like messages like this, if you support what we're trying to do, again, we don't ask for donations. Just like and share and subscribe to this podcast, this YouTube channel, this Rumble channel, and follow us on all the social media platforms. Once again, you can also support us by going to Christian American Tees, all one word, ChristianAmericanTees.com. Pick yourself up some Christian American apparel. The summer's coming. You might want to change up that wardrobe, get into something a little bit cooler. We got t-shirts for you there on the website christianamericantees.com. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.